It's Monday morning. I'm Sarah Golseth. And uh, if, if you were listening last week, you would know that um, Andy Bates is on vacation this week, which means I'm in charge and I'm pushing the buttons in the studio. And I also have a lineup of guest hosts this week. So so you listeners get the joy of, of listening to uh, some new voices helping me host uh, on the coffee hour. And today we have a familiar voice. We have Pastor Peter Ill from Trinity Lutheran Church in Willstadt, Illinois, joining me in the studio. Welcome, Pastor Ill. That's right. It's wonderful to get to hang out here at KFUO. I get to do my second program of a day as guest host. <laughs> it seems like it's vacation week, but that's okay. Uh, it's always fun to get to be here and be on. Yes, and, and you, we get like an upbeat program now, so you get to like have some fun. <laughs> You know, I always thought Your that face. Andy was really was always really like up and high energy too. So I, I will try really hard not to have too much fun. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we can have too much fun on this program. Maybe. Okay. I fair don't enough. Know. The, fair the enough. bar is very high for okay. too much. Fun. Okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> so, so when I asked you to to guest host with me, um, you you came back with a very interesting topic that I think a lot of people really. Um, maybe think they know about or or maybe just have no clue what it actually means. So tell me, uh, before we introduce our guest, uh, tell me uh, the topic that, that you chose to talk about today. So I thought it would be really great uh, getting to serve in a local congregation to talk about essentially why you should call your pastor. And sometimes you call your pastor uh, before you have surgery, or you call your pastor when you're feeling guilty, or when uh, you would like to have your sins forgiven, or when you know that you're going to be going to the hospital, or you're in the hospital, and you'll call your pastor then. But then sometimes you'll call your pastor because there's something that you have a question uh, about how the Christian life applies to you, and you're not sure if that's a pastor question or not. You might call your pastor, you might not. And so one of, kind of the, the question that I was thinking of was, was when do you call your pastor? And when you call your pastor, how do you ask him for help? Mm -hmm. Sure. So with us in studio, we have uh, Dr. Reverend Dr. Rick Mars, Associate Professor of Practical Theology at Concordia Seminary here in St. Louis. And he doesn't get the talking paw. That only goes between oh, you and me. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> We're asking him the questions. <laughs> we, we, we have a little talking paw in studio that I get to share with my guest host. So we know who's asking questions. People have heard about the hacky sack that Andy and I have. So nobody told me all the rules yet. It's okay. I, I'll get there. <laughs> So, welcome, Dr. Mars. It's very good to be with you. You guys do have fun here. So. We have a lot of fun on the coffee hour. That's that's partially, I mean, well, yeah, we just like having fun. Happens. So, so before we before we came on air, um, we were talking about the differences between pastoral counseling, pastoral care, Christian care, um, and and I wasn't really aware that there was this difference between all of these things. So, um, can can you and and Pastor Il, uh, can you? share what what the difference is what this um, spiritual care 
kind of covers. Yes, yes. I mean, the church has been providing soul care for 2,000 years or longer. It actually goes back to the Old Testament as well. But uh, And so for the for large percentages at that time, pastors were the ones that provided that soul care, that spiritual care. In German, they call it Seelsorge. Um, But now then we have a variety of different vocations in our culture that can provide that. So pastors still provide pastoral care. Uh, There are professional counselors who are Christians who provide soul care for people but aren't ordained, aren't trained as pastors, uh, but are trained as professional counselors in ways that can be very, very helpful to people in ways that maybe pastors couldn't be. And so some pastors are very willing to refer out. Uh, We'll probably talk about that later on. Uh, And then there's a middle sort of area. We talked about pastoral counseling. Pastoral care tends to be where the pastor goes maybe even uninvited uh, to provide care, like you said, Peter, uh, Pastor Ill, uh, hospital visits or going to visit shut-ins or going to visit people in their home. Uh, Those are all pastoral care, individual, small groups, small family situations. Pastoral counseling tends to be when somebody comes to the pastor and says, Pastor, I have this problem. Can I come to your office, come to your study and talk to you about it? And that usually you know, runs an hour or something and might look a little bit more like the Christian counseling, but might not, depending upon what the particular issue is that the that the uh, parishioner has at that time. So so what might be a really good topic to talk to your pastor about, to, to call him up and say, hey, I would like to talk with you. What might be some really good examples of, of some things that that your pastor is the right guy to talk to? Well, and that really is a wide gamut. Uh, uh, Relationship I mean, advice? <laughs> Romantic advice? I was told to ask that. <laughs> Husband, don't worry. <laughs> uh, if you think that your pastor would have some expertise in romantic advice, then go and talk to him. But I would say the vast majority of pastors would probably look at their parishioners and go, I don't think I learned anything about this at the seminary, and I don't know that I have a lot of personal experience that could be helpful to you. But other things that they might be helpful in, I mean, if if somebody's feeling quite depressed and has questions about, does God still love me? Or I'm really anxious about things. Am I trusting in God? How can I trust in God uh, better? Um, Anything like that, even, I mean, the worst of the mental illnesses even, people with schizophrenia, people who are hallucinating and mm-hmm. seeing things, hearing things, should go and talk to their pastor if this is something new that hasn't happened to them before so that he can at least refer them on to somebody. He won't be able to provide the the counseling and the medication that they might need for their anxiety or their hallucinations or whatever, uh, but he should hopefully know a Christian counselor, Christian psychiatrist, uh, we can even get into the, do you have to see a Christian who's a psychiatrist uh, kind of discussion if we want to. But, uh, uh, but yeah, he should hopefully be able to refer them to somebody and then follow up with them to make sure that their spiritual issues are continuing to be addressed and cared for. Because, again, a lot of secular, well, almost all secular counselors wouldn't know how to respectfully address those spiritual issues. And many, even Christian counselors, wouldn't know how to do it especially from a Lutheran perspective, because the vast majority of Christian counselors are not Lutheran, which is actually why I'm on sabbatical right now. I'm trying to finish writing a book called Making Christian Counseling More Christ-Centered, where 
non-Lutheran Christian counselors could actually go, oh, I didn't know anything about the proper distinction of law and gospel or the two kinds of righteousness or all our kind of Lutheran ethos that can be so helpful in pastoral care issues. And a lot of our Christian counselor friends just don't know anything about that. So I'm trying to finish that book in the next three, four, five months to to provide that to that world. So sure. And we'll have to have you back to talk about it I then. I would love to do that. So, <laughs> so if, 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 say, I have an, a thing I need to talk about with somebody, uh, do I seek my pastor's wisdom first or do I seek a counselor first or, or does it... M- depend on what I'm dealing with? It probably depends upon what the situation is. If it's, uh, you know, I've struggled with anxiety issues throughout my life, uh, maybe go see a counselor first who is a Christian, Mm -hmm. but then tell your pastor that you're going to seek, maybe even go to the pastor first to see if he knows two or three Christian counselors that he would refer you to. Maybe people that he's actually meeting with on a once a month or once every other month sort of basis so that at least if the if the parishioner gives permission explicit written permission to a counselor that he or she can talk to the pastor Mm -hmm. about those issues then you've got two people working together uh, to help you in those situations um so yeah it kind of depends if it's a relationship thing with marriage i would probably encourage people to go see their pastor first because again um, some counselors would go and hear uh, difficult marriage situations and actually tell them well it sounds like your marriage is broken beyond repair Uh, and you know a pastor doesn't want to have that happen so it's good that the pastor has actually talked to counselors and 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 knows that they would apply a biblical sort of of uh, frame to help these people work through their relationship issues and would try to get them to reconcile if if at all possible so absolutely so one of the things that uh, because i i got to meet you when i was a student of yours in class um and one of the things that you did a really good job with was uh, teaching pastors that were not counselors mm-hmm. and and to know when to refer. And so when a couple or a, a person comes in, and I've actually been through this process uh, as, a, as a Christian myself, where I went to my pastor, I tend to go to, uh, I have an appointment with my pastor once a month, mm-hmm. if I need it or not, good. but good. I always need it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that allows for a spiritual checkup and yeah. for a chance for my pastor to forgive my sins, which is a, a wonderful blessing. And uh, as part of as as part of my spiritual checkup, he said, "You know, sounds like you should talk to like a counselor." And mm-hmm. he was able to help me uh, with his referral list right. to send me to a counselor uh, who really uh, is helpful with the things that I deal with and who specializes in in helping clergy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was a really helpful thing for me. Uh, but. Sometimes it feels like if, if a pastor says, maybe maybe this is above my pay grade and you should go see a counselor, uh, sometimes it feels like that that's telling somebody that they're broken and that uh, that pastor throws his hands up in the air and he calls in the reinforcements because he has no idea what to do yeah. and this Christian is broken beyond all uh, all recognition. Is that is that what that kind of a statement well, means? You know, I, I hope people realize that at, at the seminary, we don't train people, don't train our pastors to be full-time counselors. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you took one 10-week class with me. Uh, we now have a 14-week class, so they get a little bit more <laughs> oh, in, the, in a semester long. But uh, one 10-week class where we spent one or two weeks talking about 
the whole variety of mental disorders and what people might come in just so you kind of knew, oh, this could happen. Somebody could walk in with schizophrenia or bipolar disorder. Again, somebody with a master's degree has several more classes, many more classes on those sorts of things, not just a week or two. Mm -hmm. And somebody with a PhD has even more experience in those sorts of things. So yeah, my background, I was a psychologist before I became a pastor. So I taught at Concordia Chicago uh, before I came to the seminary and then was a parish pastor for six years and then was called back to teach pastoral counseling um, at Concordia Seminary. So, yeah, there's a limit to what pastors know about those sorts of details and just some things that, again, you and I can't uh, prescribe medications. And there are some things that, just like I always emphasize with my students, there are some Christians out there who still think that they should not use any psychopharmacological medications, that that's somehow weakening and, and shows a weakness of faith. Uh, I think that's, well, we live in a culture where medications are overprescribed. I completely believe that. But still, those medications can be very, very helpful to people. And to tell them not to take a medication because if they just pull themselves up by their faithful bootstraps, they'll somehow get past this, is not properly distinguishing law and gospel. And putting pressure on them that shouldn't be there because if they had diabetes, a pastor wouldn't tell them, well, if you just had more faith, you wouldn't have to take your insulin. Uh, there are first article things going on in our bodies, some of them in our bodies, some of them in our brains, which is part of our body, and these medications mysteriously, we don't really know how they work, but we do know that they do help 60, 70, 80% of people uh, that have strong anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, depression, and so forth. I'm not saying everybody that goes to see their counselor will be referred to a psychiatrist and will be on medication. That's no, not true. Probably only 10 or 20% of people that go see their pastor will eventually get uh, uh, to the medication sort of realm. But uh, anyway, yeah. I'll stop. Well, <laughs> and it's time for our, for our break. So perfect timing. Uh, We'll be we'll be back with uh, with more from from Dr. Mars, which I'm excited about. And uh, you're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Sarah Golseth, and I'm Peter L. Concordia University, Wisconsin, in Mequon, overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee, with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. 